Friday, Baruch Hashem, well, a, a, a pre-beginning a pre pre of coming to Yeshiva. Usually I come to Yeshiva myself. I was ochah to, to have Rabbi, to, to go with Rabbi Tawil to Yeshiva. So I had an extra strength this morning coming here. So if you feel my extra, it's not, it's not my coffee, it's Rabbi Tawil. So with that in mind, with that in mind, uh, we start with... Uh, because it's a good it's a good way of saying it, you know. Because people speak, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Very good. Because people think that they have friends, and I want to tell you something. That's why I'm just mentioning it. It fits very good. Thank you, Nachi. People think that they have friends, but they don't realize that they don't have friends, and their friends are 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 not good for them, and they realize that they're bad for them. They don't realize, but they are bad for them. Right? But the pshat is, is that you really need to know the people you're hanging around with. Because speaking Lashon Hara is not, is not something that just happens. You don't just speak Lashon Hara. Yes, there are times where you go to a wedding and you're sitting at a table. But the truth is, let's, let's analyze it a little bit. You're going to a wedding and sitting at a table. You're not involved in a conversation with strangers Anyway, who are going to be speaking Lashon Hara that you're going to know anything about because you don't know them. So you're not going to know who they're talking about to say that that is Lashon Hara. So the only way you're going to be hearing Lashon Hara or speak, hearing about Lashon Hara, of course that could happen. You could be sitting at a wedding and they're talking about someone who you do know or they're talking about something you do know and they're saying Lashon Hara, but what could you do? You could just get up and walk out and then no, no one's going to care. Usually the way it works is... Usually the way it works is, is that you're hanging around your friends, quote-unquote, and your friends are talking bad about somebody. Your friends are talking bad about somebody. And in a situation like that, you want to ask yourself a very, very, very simple question. And I'm going to say two things about that. You're going to say, number one, if you're going to stay in that conversation, if you're going to stay in that conversation, you're going to be forced in a certain way, to listen, to nod, to smile. It's called peer pressure. Number two, a good fact to know is that if you leave that room, if you leave that room, it's very, very possible that you're going to be the next victim. And I say this all the time to guys. Don't think that the guy who speaks Lush and Hara, this, this is, this is a, a fact. Somebody who speaks Lush and Hara does not discriminate who they speak Lashon Hara about. You're going to say, no, he's not going to speak Lashon Hara about me. Somebody who talks bad about other people talks bad about other people. He does not discriminate. So therefore, if the person is talking about somebody else, they're going to be talking about you when they have an opportunity to talk about you. So you want to ask yourself before you sit with someone or before you're friendly, the reason I was starting off the, this uh, discussion about that is because I, I was saying, you know, when, when I, I have no shushes, when I'm with Rabbi Tawil, when I'm with a true friend, a friend who I've known for, you know, 60 years now, right, for many, many years, right, that was an exaggeration, but, uh, but no, my point is known him for a long, long time. Right? That those are the friends that you want to have. You want to check yourself with your friends. What is the conversation? And I know it's very hard. It's very hard. But when you're 15 years old, I wouldn't tell this to you maybe. Maybe I would on a private level. I wouldn't say it on a public level. Could be not. Because it's very hard to expect a 15-year-old kid who's in high school to be a loner. 
But when you become 18, 19, 20, and you become more mature, and you start really taking your life seriously, you want to ask yourself, who are the people who I'm hanging around with? I've, I've, had, there was, there was, I've had guys stay in yeshiva for a year in a room, and they complain the whole time they're in a room, and they know the room is not good for them. They know the friends in the, in the caravan, wherever they are, are not a good influence on him. The kasha is not on his friends. The kasha is on him, which is you need to learn. A person needs to learn how to be able to say no to his friends. A person needs to learn to be able to say, I need to get different friends. I need to stay away from these people. Not now, again, you could be nice. You could give a hug. You could say, hey, what's up? You could say, you could be nice to them. But it's very, very important because that's where Lashon Hara, you guys know, he and Shimi learn every day Hilchus Lashon Hara. So besides this Hilchus Lashon Hara, which... Which, ulti- which ultimately, I've said this many times, is really what you're supposed to do. Whether you're, gonna, whether you're, going, to, whether you're, going, to, whether you're going to speak Lashon Hara or not, you need Siyat HaDashmaya not to speak Lashon Hara. You need Siyat HaDashmaya not to speak Lashon Hara. But somebody who's not working on it, so Nachi, you're a bad example because you're working on it and you listen to the Hilchus Lashon Hara and that. But if you're a person who... We'll talk. I get hurt. We talk. We talk. We talk. Lashon Hara. All my point was, and I don't think you're going to disagree with this. All my point was is that it's fair game for anybody. It's fair game. That that was my point. I mean, if you're not working on it, if you're not working on it, then it's fair game. Here. Then you're not. And like you said, and if and if I would bother you or someone uh, bigger than that, it could be. It would be. You wouldn't mean it to hurt. Even if you love someone, sometimes we speak Lashon Hara about the people we love. We speak Lashon Hara about the yeah we. Okay, I read to the Hilchus Lashon Hara, and you're not learning about it, and you're not working on it, then it's fair game for anybody. Because like we were saying before in the shir before, you know, and then once you know Litoelis, right, then you have the Litoelis card. Litoelis means you're allowed to. There are certain instances that not only are you allowed to, but you have to. So once a person learns, right, what do they say, a little, uh, a little bit of knowledge is very dangerous to have a little bit of knowledge. Right? Because once a person knows, oh, there are times where I'm allowed to speak Lashon Hara, and it's called Litoelis. So what do they say? Oh, it's Litoelis, it's Litoelis, it's Litoelis. You're allowed to. It's beneficial, it's beneficial. How do you know it's beneficial? It's beneficial. Many, many, many people say that. I'm allowed to say that this restaurant, this pizza shop is a bad pizza shop. Why am I allowed to say that? That the pizza is terrible. Why? Because I'm saving my friend his you know, $15 is $20, right? I can't believe I'm saying that for pizza, right? That you had to go to a pizza shop. It used to be for the five, $7. The $20 to spend in the pizza shop, right? But it's, uh, it's, it's still lush and hard to say that. It's still lush and hard to tell your friend that. Okay, question, comments, anybody else? Good start. Oh, Rafilo, yes. I think the Chavitz said the same thing, that a person that speaks about <coughs> I think, if I remember correctly, I'm not sure, I think this is what you're saying. Yeah. That it applies to someone who's a Baal Lashon Hara. Correct, correct. Exactly, correct. Doesn't care. So correct. Correct, correct, exactly. You don't have to worry about him. It's somebody who's not used to, right? Baruch Hashem, we got a sponsor 
for next year, just that everybody knows. We got someone, um, his name is Morty Aretz. I hope he's okay. I think he's okay. That we're, that I'm, I don't think he did it anonymously. I asked him, because he did this about five years ago, Rebzev, when we started Purity of Speech, and he donated at Amir Tashem next year when, the guy, when everyone's coming. Everyone is getting as a present to start the yeshiva a book of the Purity of Speech. He donated, I think, 200 copies to the yeshiva that every person in the yeshiva will have a copy to learn. Right? Exactly. Right? How amazing. How amazing. So amazing. Right? When guys get married and someone, when <laughs> one of the guys got married recently and he said he wanted to get a, another safer that I, that I try and learn at my Shabbos table, but I said, and he, and he was talking to me about it, and then I said, what about purity of speech? So he looked at me like I was crazy. He was like, of course, what do you mean? That's a no-brainer. Of course we learn purity of speech, me and my wife together. Of course we do purity of speech at the, at the dinner table. Of course, what's the Shiloh? And I'm like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Baruch Hashem, exactly, Baruch Hashem. Exactly. Okay, uh, so let's do a halacha here. Um, this is very um, nogeya for all of us. Um, downplaying a compliment we were up to. Here we go. This is very, very, very uh, big chiddush. I remember when I learned this. This is page 59, day 19. Here we go. Talking negatively about a business. Very important for everyone to listen to this because it's very nogeya, especially in the summer where everyone <laughs> is going to be, whether you're upstate, whether you're out somewhere. So make sure you bring your purity of speech and make sure you learn the halachas. Here we go. You guys ready? You're not allowed to talk negatively about a business, a product, a service, a hotel, a camp, a bungalow colony. For example, don't go to that store. Don't go to that restaurant. They have terrible service. Lashonara. That company's restaurant's food doesn't taste so good. Lashonara. The clothing from that store is doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't, you know, he says, does not wear well, right? The clothing of that store is overpriced. It's too expensive. Lashonara. Unbelievable. To talk negatively about a resort, a hotel, a bungalow colony, a camp will affect the owner's source of livelihood and cause him shame. The grounds of that camp are so run down. Lashanara. The bungalows in my brother's bungalow colony are not so, you know, whatever it is. The above statements seem so harmless. Yet they, they are actually Isure Daraisa statements, says the Chavetz Chaim. They fall under the category of Lashonara because they can cause another Jew financial harm and shame. Okay. Now, if someone asks you information, maybe we'll do this tomorrow. I don't know if we'll do it today. Maybe we'll start with Toelis a little bit. If someone asks you information about a store, a product, a band, a restaurant, a camp, a bungalow colony, or whatever it might be, etc., etc., for the purpose of buying or renting, all rules of Toelis must be met, which we'll talk about what the, the, those rules are. I'm going to give you one rule of Toelis just to show you how hard it is to say that it's Toelis. 
In such cases, obviously it's best to ask a competent Rav who knows the halachas, the shaila. Yes, Shimi. Does this apply to non-Jewish stores? No. Does not apply to non-Jewish stores. Non-Jewish stores is not Lashon Hara. I would practice, or even on non-Jewish stores, I would practice, because most of the time, if you're going to say it on a non-Jewish store, you're going to say it on a Jewish store, and you don't know if it's a non-Jewish store or a Jewish store. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Chavetz Chaim adds that businessmen sometimes belittle their competitors' merchandise to potential customers. They justify their negative speech by claiming they are speaking in the name of business. If you want to be a big, big, good businessman, you got to do that. This often stems from the lowly trait of jealousy. If they would realize that the most potent business tool is guarding their speech, they would surely be best with great, blessed with great success in all their financial matters. I love this. This is so amazing. Okay, let's do one rule of Toelis just to show you how, how, um, how, how complex Toelis is. Question, comments? Yes, from Zev. Yeah, so I think you have to be careful with that. You have to be careful with that. Let, let's start. He actually uses an example of a cater. Let's see. At times, we are not only permitted to reveal, this is on page 213, day 83. Very important. We'll start one of these. And then we'll talk, we'll, uh, we'll uh, do some Asil Sharma. At times we are not only permitted to reveal negative information, we are obligated to do so. However, we must fulfill the following five requirements. When in doubt, it is best to ask a shaila from a competent Rav who knows the halachas. Ready, go. Your friend, Mamash Rabzev, Rabzev's Mechav, and of course, Tzadik. Your friend is about to hire a caterer. You know that this particular caterer is not so reliable, and his food is not so fresh. Are you allowed to tell your friend? So, so says the says the Let's hear. There are five requirements that must be met, and we'll start with requirement number one. You guys ready for the first one? You must be sure that the information which you reveal is a hundred percent accurate. Do not make a blanket statement before verifying that they are true. For example, if you only know of one person who had a bad experience with this particular caterer, you may say, I know of one friend who didn't have a good experience with the caterer. However, you can't make a blanket statement and say, this caterer serves stale food, unless you verify this to be true, since maybe it would just happen that one time. Okay? So that's number one. So what happens sometimes is, let's say, yes, let's say when you went to this restaurant and the service was not so good for you. So usually what happens is, we'll say, now there are other four things that you have to make sure that you're saying, uh, which we'll talk, talk about tomorrow, Mir Tzashem, the next, maybe this week we'll focus on that, but what happens usually is somebody has a bad experience in a restaurant and he comes out of the restaurant and he says, oh, don't go to that restaurant. Why? Because he's angry and he exaggerates. He doesn't say, I went to that restaurant 
the waitress that I had, the waiter that I had, I thought was a bit slow and wasn't so accommodating. That's very different than saying, don't go to that restaurant, terrible service. Yeah, Spency. Let's say you go to a campground or something like that, and then like, you know, your mother gives you a call on Friday, and she's like, yeah, how's the ground today? They're not so good. Right. Are you supposed to say? So good, that's a great, so that would be, so just to tell you, that, that question is already an avak lashon hara question. So that's dangerous to, and you know your mother by now. So you know what your mother wants to hear. You know your, if your mother's going to initiate speaking, not your mother, Bensi, but I'm saying a person's mother, he knows, he knows, you know, whether he's going to be asking questions that are going to push towards lashon hara. So you're asking, are you allowed to lie? Right? So I... Th- I think you're. I think you're allowed to. I think you're allowed to. You can also say it in a not lying way. Uh, what 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 would be the question? How are the ca- campgrounds? Great. How are the campgrounds? They're great. It's a very open. Stage. They're great. You can't tell me that they're not right. There could be a place that's very. I don't know. You, there are ways around it. Right. The problem usually happens when someone comes to visit the camp and they tell other people the campgrounds were, were terrible. That's pure Lashonara. There's nothing, no way you can get out of that. Then you can't really believe them, whatever it is. But if they ask a question, you've got to figure out ways not to say the, the Lashonara. Yes, Ribzev. Okay, so that's what we said. That, that, that's what I'm saying. So what do you want to do? You're, is he asking, should I come to the camp? Do I need to bring an air conditioner? What is it like? What are the bunks like? Okay, then you could have a conversation, and you have to be careful what you say. But usually, usually we say it in very blanket statements. Terrible. Terrible conditions. How is the Airbnb? Terrible. Okay, I, I thought I was expecting this, and I got this. You have to be more specific. That's what the first, that's the first level of Litoelis, the Chavetz Chaim saying, right? He's also going to get into an emotional part where it means you're not saying it to, out of anger, you're not saying it to get back at anybody. Okay. Um, let, us, let us continue on our journey of, of the scheduling, um, talking about that for a few more minutes um, before we... Um, before we uh, continue or, or, change, or change the topic, I just want to finish this, this piece that we were doing on managing your life. You know, one of the things that we said that I think is very, very, very important, very important for a person, is first to establish the goals and the dreams that you have. Once a person establishes what it is that I'm trying to accomplish, what it is that I want, what it is that I'm, what it is that I, that gets me motivated, what it is that I want to do. Um, as as uh, Yossi Adler, I think he's the one who told me, he's not here right now, but he told me, I think this was a few years ago, he said the quote is, purpose is the greatest alarm clock. If you want to get up in the morning, the best way to know that you're going to get up in the morning is not so much the alarm clock. Obviously, we need an alarm clock because we're sleeping. But the greatest way for a person to start his day, 
to have a productive day is not to make a schedule to have a productive day. It's to have a purpose to enjoy what you're doing, to love what you're doing, to be connected to what you're doing. And most of the time, as we've said the quote many times, the wheel is spinning, but the hamster is dead, is that concept. It means that I'm making a schedule before I am alive, choosing the life and the schedule and the, the day that I want to have. What do I want my day to be filled with? As opposed to, um, this is my schedule and I have to fit my life into my schedule. You want to fit your schedule into your life, into what you want. I think that that's, that's very, very key. Very key is also, in the second thing, so that's number one. Number one, what do you want? What's your rut zone? Rut zone, Malushan, ruts to run, because then it'll be easier for you, because life as it goes is challenging. But if you're not doing what you want to do, if you're not doing what you love to do, so not only are you challenged in life, not only are you challenged in life, but you're not even doing what you want to do. You're not even living where you want to live. You're not even, you know, experiencing what you want to experience and living that life that you, that Hashem gave you for you to get in touch with my true Ratzon want of, 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 of where I want to go and what I want to do. You know, I, sp- I said this recently, but I'll say it again because I've... I saw the person go through this transformation since last time I mentioned it, that I was speaking to one of the guys in yeshiva, and he was going through a challenging time, and he was having such a hard time. Maybe I need to go back to therapy, and maybe I need to work all these things through. And I mentioned this thing, I think, the other day, but now it's even clearer, because I see how alive the person is and how he wasn't alive before. Not, Not alive, but how he was suffering so much. And all it had to do with was that he wasn't doing what he loves to do. He was doing what, what he should be doing. That's why I don't like that word, should. He was doing what he should be doing. Now someone's gonna say, oh, but you're supposed to do what you should be doing, right? So yes, obviously we have percentages of our day. I spoke to someone recently and he said, oh, but Rebbe, we were talking about this, and he says, oh, but Rebbe, there aren't things that you do that you don't want to do and that you have to do? I said, of course, I'm not talking about that. Yes, 10% of your day, 20% of your day might consist of things that you don't want to do, but you have to do them. But not the opposite. Not that that 80% of your day consists of the things that you don't want to do, and 10%, 20% of your day are the things that you want to do. When a person learns to schedule himself around the things that he truly, truly wants, that is when you begin to really be happy, and that's when you really begin to be productive. And I'm going to say this when it comes to Torah also, and then I want to hear question and comments, because it says, Ein adam ella ma And this is a big challenge to anyone when it comes to Torah, because Baruch Hashem, Torah is so vast, there's so many different shivim panim Torah which means there are many, many ways to approach Torah. There are many, many aspects of Torah. We've spoken about this before also. There's many, many translations, podcasts, shiurim, and different aspects of Torah that a person can learn. 
And when a person, I'm going to mention actually, I hope Shimmy is going to be okay with this. I don't know if anyone, everyone, but I mean everyone knows him. I want to say a story about Shimmy Moses. Atzad, yes. I want to say a story about him. And I think I mentioned this once in a Masil Sharm. And we spoke about Shimmy Baruch Hashem, just say, so you know, Shimmy, whatever this means, Shimmy knows how to learn. Shimmy's not a guy who, he can open up a block Kamara, he can learn a Tosis, he can learn a Rebekah He's someone who's holding and learning. And I remember we spoke in the beginning of the year, maybe middle-ish of the year, that Shimmy says that I want to start learning first Seder and I want to start learning what I, Mashalibi, Chafetz, what I want to learn. I didn't set this up with Shimmy. I have no idea what he's going to say, but I'm going to ask him right now publicly, how did that go for you, Shimmy? Wow, unbelievable, 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 unbelievable. And the irony of it, Nachi here, the irony of it, the irony of this, just to tell you, thank you, Shimmy, the irony of it is that, is that when you get in touch, and this is where it gets a little bit, a little bit, a little bit um, subtle, is that when you get in touch, you know, people think I'm either in the base medrash or I'm out of the base medrash. People think I'm either going to love the base medrash, or I'm going to love the outside. And I'm going to challenge every, everyone right here, everyone right here, especially the young guys over here, Moshe, Morty, I want you guys to hear this. I want you guys to hear this. I want you guys to hear this loud and clear. I want you guys to hear this because it's important. You know, a person will, will, will maybe say, if the, if the, and maybe Arav, you'll do this with your shear to talk this out today, I'm sure you do this anyway, but it's very important for guys when they're, when they're younger in their development in Torah. A lot of times guys will say, okay, I'm not enjoying the learning, learning's not for me. And, and I agree with them. I agree with you 100%. I'm the first person to say it, I'm saying it publicly, I'm saying it recorded, many, many people are gonna hear me say this, I'm 100% okay with telling someone, go work full time, go become a productive member of society, make sure you, you go to Minyanim, make sure you daven, make sure you're koveya itim, and I'm very confident to tell somebody to go do that. However, however, on one condition, did you try everything in Torah? What do I mean by that? Have you spent time opening up a book on Navi, a Sefer and Navi. Did you learn Navi yet? Did you hear a shear on, on uh, uh, Hasidus? Have you tried Musr? Have you tried Halacha? Have you tried different, like Shimi saying? If a person can tell me that they spoke to Shimi Moses here, and they sat with him, and they say, I'm not learning Gemara, because everyone goes, and I'll say it, I'm saying it again publicly, don't learn Gemara, it's fine. You don't have to learn Gemara. You can learn Chumash. You can learn Halacha. You can learn Musr. You can learn so many things. You can learn the Rambam. You can learn in English. You can learn in in French. You can learn in, in Spanish. 
You can learn every language. And if then you could tell me that you didn't find yourself in Torah, and that's not something that you enjoy, then there's what to talk about. But until you try other avenues of Torah, of other drachim in, in, in learning Torah, until you learn Derech Hashem, go through Derech Hashem. Go take the Feldheim Derech Hashem and go through it. Learn Hilchas Lashon Hara. Learn something that talks to you. Ein Adam Loimed Elama Shalibai Chafetz. And you know what? It goes with Ian and Bikias too. If you're learning too much Ian, then, then, then learn Bikias. You're learning too much Bikias, then learn Ian. What, what does that mean? You're going too slow? Go, go, go faster. You're going too fast? Go slow. There's a whole world out there. Yes. Wow, amazing. And I, and, and I want to say, and I'm going to end off with this. Thank you, Shimmy. I'm going to end off with this. The, the beauty, yes. Really? Right? Amazing. It makes sense. I'll tell you why it makes sense. And I'll tell you, you guys are blessed that Baruch Hashem, that's really what this yeshiva is about. Some yeshivas you go to, you have to go to this year, you have to go to that year, you got to learn this, you got to learn this, and that's great. I'm not, I'm not, every yeshiva and every place has its beauty and has its place, and that's wonderful. One of the blessings I think that we have over here, and one of the unique aspects of Torah and everything that we have over here, is that I'm, I, I, don't, I don't think anyone should go to this year or should go to that year. Obviously, if you want to get certain skills, if you want to learn a certain things, there's so much to learn from Rebbeim, and to be in a shir is a beautiful thing. But like Shimmy's saying, if you're not in touch with what you want to learn, that at the end of the day is where you're going to steig, which means grow in Yiddish. That's where you're going to grow the most in Torah and your Avodah Hashem. And it comes to Avodah Hashem as well. Are you a chesed person? Right? How come you could have this tzaddik davens all day? This tzaddik davens all day. This tzaddik learned Torah all day. This tzaddik did chesed all day. So what's the right one? What am I supposed to do? You know what the answer is? The answer is, this tzaddik was supposed to daven all day and not do chesed all day, right? Rabari Levin, not that he wasn't a massive, massive tamachachim going and learning as well, but that's not what they talk about. Rabari Levin, they talk about his chesed and his love for the, right? And then you talk about Rabbi Yashiv, who actually was his son-in-law. They don't talk about him walking around doing chesed. I'm sure he did chesed a million times. What did he do all day? What was he known for? Hasmada, hasmada, hasmada. Reb Chaim Kanievsky, Reb Gershon is known for something. All the tzaddikim, all the gedolim are known for different things. What does that teach us? Find you. Find who you are. Find who you are in Hashem, in the Torah, in, in this beautiful world that Hashem gave to all of us. We should all be zocheh. And that's where the past messes us up sometimes because the past sometimes squashes us and the past whether it was your parents Yossi I just quoted you before per, I think you told me that purpose is the greatest alarm clock was that yours? Yeah. 
Yossi Adler was the one who told me that. Purpose your greatest alumni. Oh, yeah, Yossi. Right? Thank you. Right? What's the pshat? The pshat is that many, many people, many people, what happens is because of their society and because of their, whether it was their home, whether it was their school they went to, whether it was certain circumstances, and we're not blaming anybody, they were maybe pushed down not to do what they wanted to do. Could be that, that and that's hard. Sometimes they, they grew up in a certain way where you don't do, don't, don't, don't get in touch with what you want to do. Do what I want you to do, not what you want to do. And what happens is you don't even know that you can do what you want to do. You don't even know that that's an option. You're like, I actually can do what I want to do? I mean, I actually can learn, like Shimmy's saying, I actually can learn what I want to learn? Like, it's like a chiddish. It's like this, what? I could actually live the life that I want to live? And that's what our past does to us. Our past sometimes does that. And then you look at your future and say, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to end up living a life, doing whatever it is that everyone's telling me what to do. No, no. You get in touch with what you want to do, who you are, what your kochos are, and through that, as Shimmy says, it changed his life. It will change your life, guaranteed. Everyone, we should be zochet to have an incredible first day of the rest of our life.